What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Matthew West Podcast. I'm your host, Matthew West, and as always, I really hope you like it. Hey, I've got to start off by telling you about something I'm super excited about, live shows. You heard me correctly. I'm going to be playing some actual concerts after COVID has completely destroyed all of our tour plans. I'm finally going to be able to play some small, acoustic, socially distanced concerts coming up on the Truth Be Told Tour. I'll be in Texas March 4th through the 7th in cities like Long view Austin and Houston and then the following weekend you can see me in Atlanta, Memphis, Joplin, Missouri and Kansas City. So check out matthewwest.com/tour for all the ticket information and remember these are some small shows like limited audience allowed and so tickets are already going fast. Be sure to check it out. I want to see you there. If you're anywhere within driving distance, come and see me and let's sing and worship the Lord together. All right, my guest today at the Story House is a worship leader, a wife and a mom. She's been leading worship for the past 15 years and serving her local church. In 2020, she signed her first record deal with Fair Trade Music and released a powerful radio single that went on to be one of the biggest hits during the pandemic year with a timely message that the world needed to hear called Peace Be Still. She also appears on albums released by The Belonging Co., which is a great church here in Nashville where she belongs. We're getting together to write a song today for her next project, but before we do that, we're going to hear a little bit more of her story. So let's go to the story house with Hope Darst. Hope Darst is in the story house. Thank you for joining me today. I'm so excited to be here. We have much to talk about. We do. And really probably nothing more important than discussing your love for podcasts, <laughs> specifically yeah. in the crime genre. Criminal cases. Yes. And so for the artist who has made a song called Peace Be Still <laughs> ring out in all the land in a time where the world needed peace. You had no idea. You had, <laughs> I'm, in a, I'm in a dark place over here and with my crime, crime but, podcast. But now we know where that song came from is yeah. that you were so troubled by all the crime podcasts that you were you were literally <laughs> in desperate need of peace in I, your own life i was actually it's kind of true i can't listen to them late at night you like can't. i can't because then suddenly i am that person that's like you hear anything outside and you're like oh, oh that, so you guy, that guy that's like been released from jail he's outside my window and he, could he be. knows me yes. and he knows i listened yeah and he is coming he's, for me the guy so the criminal <laughs> has a list of uh subscribers <laughs> yeah. to the crime podcast which is also true when i was a kid my dad would watch that crazy unsolved mysteries show okay so maybe this is where your love for crime maybe. podcasts come from and i would lay in my bed and i would just yell out to my dad Please turn it down. Because again, I was convinced that that one guy that had like escaped in Kentucky was on your was, He was yeah. in my yard. He was literally seconds away from raising my window Absolutely. to come in and take my whole family yeah. hostage. What a way to have sweet dreams at so night. So, yeah, it was real sweet. The sad part is we never told our dad. 
why we were yelling, turn it down, until we were adults. That you were like, hey, Dad, that was actually We like- were literally like <laughs> trembling with fear. We were like crying out to Jesus. Jesus, please don't let us die tonight. Please, 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 please. So, so now do you have like um, a major security system set up at your house as a result of I think of we your- have a security system, but I don't even think we have it turned on. You don't know how to turn it on? Oh, I definitely don't know how to turn it on. Oh. <laughs> I'd have to ask my husband. I don't even know how to run the thermostat. Okay, see, my wife, she keeps the doors locked at our house religiously like to the point where i'll walk outside and come back here to the story house she'll lock me out <laughs> literally one in second yeah like one night in the middle of the night i had gotten up and came to the studio for something and in the middle of the night she she <laughs> locked the door and i'm just i'm not gonna say too much i'm just gonna say i wasn't like properly clothed yeah. for outdoor living okay but i had to spend <laughs> At least an hour outside <gasps> trying to wake up any one of my family members to let me in. That's how but crazy she is. Here's what's more disturbing is that you – that means that she also got up in the middle of the night. But then went – To lock the door. Yeah, and then she went back to bed. <laughs> so I, I feel like she was sending me a message. Maybe. Maybe it wasn't about the door. <sighs> maybe. maybe maybe that was something that happened earlier in the day. <laughs> well, we were talking when you first arrived at the story house. We were sharing our love for yes. crime – podcast it's deep i love all podcasts but specifically yes but what i think is a severely underserved market would be you know one thing that strikes me is you know for every popular secular thing somebody has and usually it's pure flicks or somebody i don't know (laughs) has created the christian alternative right right right, if you if you like tic tacs you'll love testaments yes you will right and so on and so forth so maybe there's a christian crime podcast idea yes. that you and I could co-host. I'm in. You are? Like, sign me up right now. You know what? Let's abandon this podcast right now. And oh, and just, just move on? This is our first episode. Fantastic. So, <laughs> boom, boom. Welcome. Back in 1967 at a church in a small town in Indiana. Your voice sounds just like one of the crime podcasts. <gasps> Finish that story. Wait, back in 1967, what was it? A small town. Small town in Indiana. Yeah. There was a young family. They had been living in a house for 30 years. Yeah. There was really no issues with the house. They had always just been like, this is a lovely home and we love living here. It was a young pastor, wasn't it? It was actually a young pastor. That's exactly right. And it right. was the, um, the parsonage. It was the parsonage. Yes. It yeah. sat on like the land where their church was. Mm. And, you know, after a couple of years of living in this, or long years of living in this house, suddenly they just started like having all these really strange things happen in the house. And they really weren't sure, like just, you know, like doors would be left open that they yeah. knew they had closed or like, you know, they'd go up into the attic and stuff had just been moved around and, right. and they just like couldn't figure it out. Well, comes to find out, come to find out, <laughs> comes to find out. <laughs> Sorry. That's where going. I went wrong. You're That's good. where it's like, no. now we're done. Yeah, I'll edit that part out. Go ahead. I'm just making come this up as I go. That's, what about, but, but then some <laughs> then some suspicious characters reveal themselves like well, Larry the landscaper. Larry so Larry was homeless during this time. He was because and of some he used to be a board member at the church, I believe. He did. And then, you know, Larry had some just some issues in life that yeah. had just led to him not being able to pay his bills and not being able to keep up with things. And so he was homeless. And when he was doing the landscape work, he would sneak into their house. Wow. And so he would, like, go and get food and he would, like, live. Yeah. So one night, Larry. <laughs> the landscaper. The landscaper for the church. For the for, parsonage. For the church parsonage. He 
stuck into the house. And the dad, the pastor, like not knowing that this was Larry, his landscaper, in the middle of the night, shot and killed him. Oh, gee, you went there. <laughs> I did. I just like owned it. I was just about to go to a live <laughs> testimonial from Larry, and then you killed him. <laughs> it just felt right. Okay. It's crime. Right. Okay, so, so. For every listener, they're like, these people are weird. We are out. All Hope right. Dars is crazy. Okay, Hope, Get we are. Um, no, we're going to save this interview. What we're going to say is that the Christian Crime Podcast is currently under development. Comes we're to find out, out we're not geeks. quite ready yet. Okay. <laughs> Hey, Hope, I'm so glad that you're here today. I'm really glad In all to be seriousness, here. this is our first time meeting. It's technically not. Uh, don't see, why do I set myself up for a moment that I forgot and then I come off looking like a jerk? But this is, you're not going to look like a jerk. Okay. This is actually a really cool story. Tell me. So years, years ago in the early <laughs> Sounds like we're back to another crime episode. <laughs> okay. Um, no, so... Back in like 2001, 2002, I worked for the Gospel Music Association. Yes, okay. I was the assistant to Joy. Do you remember Joy? Oh, Joy Fletcher. Yes, Joy Fletcher. And so... She's a sweet, sweet lady. Yes, she really is. And she was a wonderful boss. So during that season, at some point, they had like like a board meeting for like all the different people. Maybe it wasn't a board meeting. I just remember it was some meeting. I'm pretty sure it was at Capitol, but I could be wrong. Okay. And I was there because I was just like helping take notes. And you, they brought you in. You were a brand new artist. Yeah, to I don't, sing a new song or something. Yes. I don't even know like if you had a full record out yeah. there. Like you were a brand new artist. And I remember sitting in the room. I don't think we actually met like one-on-one. Right. I was just in the room. And I just remember you playing and then being like, obviously, just like, oh my gosh, this guy's amazing. He's a great songwriter. And then wow. you left, and and that's all everyone talked about. Oh. Just being in the room, they were like, that guy is gonna go really far. Wow. Like he's wonderful, and he's kind, and he's funny, and well, he's that's a great, a great story. I know. You're gonna like this. <laughs> no, story. I was. What I was gonna say is, I can tell you how new of an artist I was. Based on if you remember, like if my hair, if I had highlights and like frosted tips in I'm my sure hair, I'm sure you did. It like was Christian like 2001. Artists. Yeah, it was. A, There's it was no a way rough time. you did it. Like I kind of looked like, uh, like I was trying to be in Goo Goo Dolls or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> we were. All I wasn't wearing leather pants, like but <laughs> and of course those were the days before I brought my best music was still ahead of me. It was a song called Gobble Gobble, according <laughs> according, according to, to my your, children. Your children, right? You had not peaked yet. I mean, that's all right. That's you just right. Hadn't. Hopefully, neither of us have. Yeah, hopefully not. Yes. Although I will say that you have had an incredible year in, in a year like 2020 that was filled with so many lows for so many people. <laughs> yes. You helped provide one. You had a, a huge highlight in your life, but also helped provide a real message of hope for a lot of people who needed it in the form of a song called Peace Be Still. Yes. I love the story of how this song came to be and yeah. how you sort of, how do I describe it? Hearing you talk about it was, it almost kind of illustrated that you were sort of a, a reluctant carrier <laughs> of this song. So this song, Peace Be Still, that everybody fell in love with and really felt like it was just a message for 20 20 yes. and and now into 2021 of yeah, course because the world is still a crazy place 
but talk about the writing of that song and when that song was actually created and how this came about. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've said this song feels like it's just had a life of its own and it's like, it's on its own journey and I'm just like a passenger. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Like I'm just along for the ride. But I, yeah, I wrote it back in 2016 with Mia Fields and Andrew Holt, who we are all at the same church and we lead worship together. Great writers. Great writers. I don't know Andrew. He's amazing. But I know Mia and she's, she's written so many great songs that the world knows. She is not bad at her job. It's very good. That's right. That's right. <laughs> and so this was a season that I didn't, I wasn't really a songwriter. Like I had been a worship leader and on staff at a church and and maybe at this point in my life I had written 20 songs and none of them were good. Like <laughs> not a single one. Not a single gobble gobble in the bunch. Not a single gobble gobble in the group. But during this season, our church had been growing, and we were just finding that we were kind of in a season as worship leaders of kind of going, I think it makes sense for us to go away and maybe write some songs for our church, which I didn't even anticipate being invited to that, just so you know. (laughs) Like, like did. But you, you know, were really, leading at the church. But I was leading at the church. And that church is called? It's called The Belonging Company. Which is it's a great church in Nashville. Nashville. Yes, we love it. And so they invited me to be a part of it because I was on the team leading worship. I don't think it was really because of my songwriting skills. <laughs> I Whatever. think it was just because I was leading. And we had been doing a lot of life together. So at this point, you know, when you walk into a room, you'll know this as songwriters, when you're going in and it's people that you're doing everyday life with, you don't have to do the typical, let's get to know each other and let's hear each other's stories. We're already in each other's stories. That's right, yeah. And so Mia came in that day and she was like, guys, I'm dealing with like a promise that I've been believing God for for years, which we already knew what she was talking about. And she's like, and it's finally happening And this morning, I feel like it's actually going to fall apart. And she was like, I have so much disappointment that's like wanting to like take over right now. And she's like, I have to write a song about peace. And, you know, her vulnerability enabled me to then say, well, here's where I'm at. I was like, I'm really struggling with insecurity and fear. I'm not a songwriter. Like this is not, I don't have 10 years and 15 years under my belt. And I'm just feeling super insecure in this season. And it's causing me anxiety. Mm. Like every time I'm like, God's opening a door for me to come do this, it really kind of rattles me. And I was like, and I'm struggling to just have peace in this season and to just trust that God has me here for a reason, and I just have to be willing to show up and be bad because this is where God's placed me. And so we genuinely that day were writing a song for ourselves. It wasn't about even our church. It wasn't about— right. The future and what right. the future would hold. Right. That was nowhere in our perspective. I, mean, I was as a stay-at-home mom raising two kids, just helping my local church. But because we're worship leaders and we understand the power of worship and we understand the power of confessing God's word over our lives almost in a prophetic way of like, I don't have peace right now, but I'm going to sing God's promise of peace. Yeah, I'm going to claim that, yeah. And I'm going to claim this thing until something shifts. Because, ma'am, singing is confession, you know? And it's it's a way that you can sometimes get your heart and your mind to line up with the Word of God. That's good. Without thinking about it consciously, you know what I mean? Yeah. Without just sitting there going, I'm going to read these scriptures till I believe it. Something about songs, they sit somewhere differently, like, you know, in our spirit, and we're just singing, and we don't even realize sometimes the impact of what that's depositing into our actual spirit. Mm. So we just were like, that's good. Let's write what we ought to write, like for ourselves. So fast forward, we've written this song, Secret, not secret, but the first time we wrote the song, it was not called Peace Be Still. It was called Galilee. 
Galilee? Because you know that section. Not that, Galileo. like Not queen. Galileo. It was called Galilee? It was called Galilee. Well, you talk and, about the sea. I mean, that, Well, we talk about the sea. And because Mia had stood in the Sea of Galilee a year before believing for that promise and had written the promise on a rock and had thrown it into the Sea of Galilee. Okay, so you were drawing from that. Right. So were the and lyrics— And obviously Jesus being in the Galilee. boat. Galilee. So, so at the end of the chorus, instead of it saying, peace, peace over me, it was like, Galilee. Oh, wow. <laughs> almost, it almost would have been a little more like a church cantata or something. Oh, it, right. Like someone so, wearing sandals in a robe. Yep. And here's the power of co-writing wow. and the power of editing. We turn it in to our like team the at church, the church. Yeah. And I'll never forget they say? Henry Steely calling <laughs> me and going, hey, like, I, I love this song, but... um. Galilee's weird. <laughs> Galilee's weird. He's <laughs> like, I don't think people are going to connect with that. I love that. And he's like, I think you guys could like edit it. It just like, it might be better. And of course, Mia being the brilliant yeah, songwriter that yeah. she is. Like, I just, I'll never forget like getting a text from her. It's like to me and Andrew. And she's like, hey guys, I don't think Galilee is going to work. But mm. I think if we just switch it and we just change but, it to peace over me, it'll still be fine. So the melody didn't that. change. Yeah. We just... And I, it's a power, like, if you're a songwriter listening to this, like, do not, like, belittle the power of having people speak into your songwriting and critiquing it, like, mm. and being open to that. Because had we not made that edit, I don't think that song would have ever yeah. seen the light of day. And do not put the word Galilee don't, in the song. Don't do it, guys. It's not a great but, word. But you know what I love about that is I love when a song can come from a very real intangible picture in the writer's mind. It, it has to, in a way. And so yes. it's almost like it had to have, you had to go for it yeah. by putting the word Galilee in there because you were drawing from the image right. you just said of of Mia throwing the, the she rock. She literally in the threw sea. a rock and yeah. stood in the Sea of Galilee. And so to go there is to go where it's most personal, most honest, yes. and most vulnerable. And now then there's going to be our songwriting process is a lot like how God continues to work on us. Like yes. we are not the final draft of ourselves. And so <laughs> the song we're going to write today, which uh, who knows what who it's going to be, but chances are. It's going to be Gobble after, Gobble too. <laughs> that's, right. that's what it's going to be. It's going to be the theme song for our crime podcast. Yeah, it is. <laughs> but we'll probably refine it. You know what I mean? And that's and I think part that's of the process. good, right? Like, I think there can oftentimes be this, like, pressure to feel like, oh, the first draft has to be the right draft. And that's just rarely that just the rarely case. Happens. Rarely happens. Rarely. It's rarely the case. Yeah. I mean, that's rarely happened yeah. for me. Maybe never. Well, to be honest, like, I don't even know. Like, I'd have to really go back and think, like, has a song really been the final, final draft? I, I mean, don't know. I feel like I'm always tweaking little things here and there. I know I am. Like, even when I'm in the studio, Same. cutting the vocals, I'm ch I'm changing a V to Same. an and yeah. or, you know. So what was the feeling after you wrote that song and then you wound up taking it to the church? Because what I think is interesting yeah. about being a worship leader at a church Oftentimes, your process to get the music to the people will be different than a standard process for a recording artist. Mm, so, like, yeah. my song will maybe go to the people first by way sure. of radio. Yeah. And, I mean, talk about, I mean, you're just kind of seeing if it's going to resonate. <laughs> yeah. But yours would be kind of how I started at my church growing up, right? Write a song, and the first people to hear it were the people at my church. Yeah. Was that the case for Peace Be Still, that your church, The Belonging Co., was the first? group of ears yes. to listen to the song. What was that feeling it when you crazy. sang it? Could you tell something special about the song? Yeah, it was happening? crazy because if I'm being completely honest, I didn't think it was a congregational song. 
And so when Andrew, who is our huh. worship pastor and one of the co-writers, heard it, he was like, when we finally took Galilee out of it, <laughs> him, right. and him and Henry were just like, I really think we should try this at church. And I wasn't really a believer. I was like, uh, In I, Jesus or in the song? I mean, well, no. Okay. <laughs> I just want to clarify. <laughs> yeah, a lot of listeners want to Very know. much believe in Jesus. Because <laughs> I thought that same spot, that peace, peace, over, I thought... That might be too hard for like a congregation to sing. Well, because you are such a good singer. Well, and I, I'm, I want to talk about your whole debut album that you put out, but you have such a powerful voice. And it's interesting because when you think about like songs for the church, yeah, a you lot think of times, differently. You, yeah, you maybe think the range is yes. lower or yes. more manageable for the audience. Well, I didn't want it to become a song where people just stood and stared at me. I was right. like, that's, you don't want that, it to be a performance you song don't. when that's you're like in the middle of a That's literally the service. antithesis of what you're trying to do when you're writing songs for the church. So anyways, again, grateful for people who can have vision when you don't have vision and being willing to trust them. So I'll never forget it. The first time I ever led it at the church, it was something that you could tangibly feel in the room that people were grabbing onto it. And you're like, what's happening? Like they're singing this like they've been singing this their whole Life. Right away. Right away. They're here in the first chorus and yes. they're in. So it became like just a regular so song cool. in our church. And then we eventually went to go record a live record. And the. Yeah, some like. This no unknown, name. like young girl that was a part of our church you and a part of our worship team. We we're like, you know what? You're on team this week. Let's just like give you a chance. And so Lauren Daigle yeah. um, sang it one night, led it one night. And it was so powerful. And yeah. it was crazy because I had been the only one leading it up to that point. So this was the first time when Lauren led it that I could be in the congregation. Just experiencing and just actually what was taking like place. be led with her in that song. And that's really when I knew. When I really knew, whoa, I think there's something on this song that's beyond that's us. That's awesome. Because it's one thing if you can lead it when you wrote it, but when someone else then yeah. can take that song and lead it with authority and it does the same thing in the room, you're kind of like, whoa. As a worship leader, we're always looking for that. It's not, I don't want to be the only one that can lead the song. I want to be able to hand it off to worship leader after worship leader after worship leader, and it does the same thing in their churches. So speaking of handing the song off, the song winds up living on and a worship album. Yeah, The Belonging puts out a live worship record. That Lauren Daigle recorded it's the It's on vocal. that record. But it was never on the radio, and nobody had taken the song to radio. No. Um, but and- we thought a couple times that it would go to radio, and it just it always seemed to just not happen, and it would just kind of fall through. And to be honest, like I wasn't an artist. I wasn't a signed songwriter. And I was telling you earlier, like, I know I had like this thought in the back of my mind, like, oh, maybe one day I'll just record a version and I'll just throw it on Spotify. Like genuinely, because I was like, I wasn't pursuing. Or Pandora or Apple. Or, or Pandora or Apple wanna... or Amazon <laughs> or, Eagle or YouTube. or <laughs> We love you all. Thank you. Anywhere where you hear music available. Listening. Um, <laughs> listening <out. laughs> That's right. I forget. So you thought maybe, you know, just sort of. But not a big priority. You just It was no. in the back of your mind. You love the song. Maybe you'd put your own version out someday. Yeah, the song was just special to me. It was personal. So I thought, man, you know, it'd be fun to do that one day. And it just never went to radio. And, and I genuinely thought, man, I feel like that song would do great at radio. But I just imagined someone else would carry it, you know. And a couple of years go by. And again, people speaking into this the story, Mia calls me and she's just like, I really think you're the one that's meant to take this to radio. I think God has actually set it aside for and you. saved it for you to be the one that actually takes it into a whole other place. And I just thought, 
honestly, I was like, first of all, this song's old. It's three years old. Like, who hasn't heard it? Like, in my mind, I'm just going, like, this is, like... People, it's not something, yeah, because you This isn't going to be fresh. Right. This isn't going to be new to it's people. They're going to be like, why yeah. is she recording this now? When you yeah. live with something for so long, you start to think everybody else has yeah. lived with it too. But after lots of prayer and beautiful people kind of kicking me in the butt to just step out in faith, you I did. did. I did. I stepped out in faith and I thought, you know what? I have no idea where this is going to go. If nothing else, Hopefully I'll walk away with a version that I really feel like the presence of God is on, and I'll just release it individually on my own independently, and I, I just didn't know. But that that song turned into what we ended up going in the studio to record, I did with Jonathan Smith, is what you've heard on radio for the last year. And we just had—I had no idea. It was really a step of faith for me because— I just couldn't see where we are today. I mean, when we recorded it, I wasn't signed. I didn't have a songwriting deal. Yeah. I was still a stay-at-home mom, yeah. <laughs> raising two two kids, serving my local. Nothing had changed. Yeah. And but now you're a recording artist. You've left the kid. No, I'm just yeah, kidding. Yeah, the, <laughs> the kids are still... on their own. I hope they have food. Um, <laughs> but no. What's cool to me is that, like, back in, did you say 2016 when you wrote the song? Yeah. You didn't think you belonged in that room. No. And then... You didn't think you belonged uh, on the radio or being the voice no. of that song. And time after time, the Lord's showing you and using other people around you to help you see maybe yeah. what what your doubt won't let you see, which is so amazing. Crazy. I love that. My friends, you know a song of mine called Truth Be Told? Well, I'm going to let the truth be told right now. 2020 has been a hard year. For many of us, maybe the hardest year we've ever had to face. And if you're anything like me, you'll know what I say when there's been more than one moment in 2020 where I feel like my spiritual health, mental health, emotional health has been threatened and weakened. And as proud as I am, it's hard to admit when I need to talk to somebody, when I need some help. But here's a newsflash. There are not enough self-help books in the stores to give me the strength and the wisdom I need to rise up and face every obstacle that's going to come my way. You and me, we can't do it alone. We need help. And that's why I want to tell you about my friends at BetterHelp. This is what they want to help you do. They want to assess your needs and then match you with your own licensed professional therapist. Then you get the opportunity to connect in a safe and private online environment. It is so convenient and you don't have to deal with the awkwardness of sitting in a waiting room. You can start communicating in under 24 hours. You get to send a message to your counselor anytime. You get timely and thoughtful responses. Plus, you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions. BetterHelp has licensed professional counselors who specialize in areas like anger, depression, stress, family conflicts, anxiety, relationships, and the list goes on. They've got a counselor that's right for you. It's professional. It's super affordable, which is so important in times like these. Listen, the heartbeat of the Matthew West podcast is to help you in whatever chapter of your story you find yourself in to let you know that you're not alone, that God has great plans for you, and the best is yet to come. But sometimes it's important to talk to somebody and get the wisdom and help you need. I want you to start living that happier and more fulfilling life today. As a listener of this podcast, you're going to get 10% off your first month by visiting our sponsor at betterhelp.com MWP. Join over 1 million people who've taken charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash MWP. 
You know, one of my favorite memories growing up was opening a gift from my mom and my dad that was my first electric guitar. Now looking back, I can see what a life-defining moment that became for the story of my life. We all have memories and experiences from childhood that shaped who we are today. With a KiwiCo subscription, you and your child get everything you need to create unforgettable moments shipped right to your door. KiwiCo's fun and innovative crates provide engaging science and art projects for kids of all ages, for trailblazing toddlers to more experienced explorers and every stage in between. Now, the West family's working on a hydraulic claw right now. This is our second project, and it's been a blast. It's been great to get the kids off their devices. And, you know, Dad's usually intimidated by things that require assembly, so I'm feeling a huge sense of accomplishment with every project. I noticed on the KiwiCo website in the Eureka Crate, there's a project where you can make your own wooden ukulele, and my daughter Lulu plays the ukulele, so we're super excited about trying that one as well. It is so important to encourage your children to be innovators and creative thinkers. They won't believe what they can build and accomplish with KiwiCo. When they're finished, watch their confidence be as big as their smile. KiwiCo is redefining learning with hands-on projects that build confidence, creativity, and critical thinking skills. There's something for every kid or kid at heart at KiwiCo. Get 30% off your first month plus free shipping on any crate line with code WEST at KiwiCo.com. That's 30% off your first month at KiwiCo.com. Promo code WEST. So did you come to Nashville? You mentioned that you worked with like the Gospel Music Association. You worked for Natalie. I was Natalie's background singer and road manager for a couple of years. Hi, Nat. I love you. That's amazing. (laughs) So, but did you want to be a recording artist early? So that was your goal? A hundred percent. I had no other dreams. I had no backup plan. This was it. This was all I ever wanted to do. So you came from... Kentucky to Nashville. Kentucky. There was a blip in Louisiana where I went to college. For, and a bleep, too. You were probably using bad language <laughs> in college. Come on. I mean, no. Um, <laughs> and I was there for three semesters because my parents moved there. And I wanted to go to Belmont. And we didn't have the money. And I didn't get a scholarship to go. Yeah. So the last minute, I had to go to a state college where we were, Louisiana State College. And I was there for three semesters. Not in a good place. Saved have no understanding of lordship. Like I'm, I've got fire insurance, but I have no freedom. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I just yeah. was just not walking with the Lord in relationship. And my life was kind of a mess. And I can't figure out like, I thought Christianity was going to mean that like I had a good life. And God really in a beautiful way that year when I was 19, kind of let some things really fall apart and let me kind of get to a really hard place mm. where I had to recognize I think Jesus works, but I think I'm going to have to partner with him in order yeah. for this to actually make a difference in my everyday life. Mm. I can't just live this out in theory. I have to live this out in relationship. So at 19, I have a radical encounter with Jesus, and I'm like, okay, I'm all in. Okay. So before you even say one more word, you're about to answer a question that I ask every guest. Ooh. And the question is, I always ask, tell me your blue couch story. And what I mean by that is... I found God on a blue couch as a 13-year-old kid watching a Billy Graham crusade. And when I talk about the blue couch, I remember the blue couch. And when I remember the blue couch, I hear Billy Graham's voice. And I remember holding my mom's hand. And yep. those the memory of like God becoming real to me 
is, a, and I love asking that question to everybody because I feel like I want listeners of this podcast to get in touch with their own blue couch story and to understand that God desires to have moments yes. more than just one more than where one. he's revealing himself to you uh, yeah. in a very real and undeniable way. And so yes. you were just about to describe <laughs> that. And so so this was, you're 19 years the, old. I'm 19 years old. My mom hates when I tell this story because technically I prayed the prayer of salvation at five. So she like gets so offended. She's like, oh, yeah. you were saved at five. I hate when you tell the story. <laughs> tell the truth. <laughs> you're, you're missing 14 years <laughs> exactly. of salvation. Exactly. But for me, that moment, that moment where you, I always say to her, I said, mom, I don't know. I don't know what's the true story in those 14 years, but I know at 19, I sealed who I was in Christ. Like this was the I defining moment yeah. of my life where I know that I know that I know Jesus became Lord of my life. And I was sitting on the back row of a church here in Nashville. There was a gentleman named John Rohr preaching a message that changed my life. And it was a message that I'd probably heard before, but that night it was like God had custom made that message for me. And I remember I couldn't get down to the front fast enough after the message. I'm just a weepy mess. And this beautiful pastor, John, just grabbed my hand and just began to look at me and just pray over me. And he was just like, your future is going to be greater than your past. And God's going to set you free. And I really did get set free that night from a really a lot of stuff That's like good hope. that I was wrestling with in that season. And you know, the journey has been beautiful. I've been now walking faithfully with the Lord for 21 years, and it is the greatest decision I have ever made. And everything that I do stems from that moment. Yeah. Of going, Jesus isn't just about making sure I get to heaven. Jesus is about making sure that I can live like a citizen of heaven here on earth, That's and good. I can actually walk in freedom, and I can actually walk in the fruits of the Spirit, and I can do life with Him in a real tangible way. Mm. I wonder how many of us really struggle to walk in the freedom that we sing about. It's not an easy thing. Mm -hmm. It takes a lot of vulnerability. It takes being willing to expose your mess. Yeah. Own your mess. Oh, yeah. Deal with your mess. That's good. And allowing Jesus into that process and allowing other people mm -hmm. into that process. I think so often we end up not getting free because we don't want to admit to ourselves first that we're not free. Yeah. And so we are so busy trying to hide it and not recognizing that it's like a bucket with holes in it. It's seeping out. And it's actually impacting your life, whether you recognize it or not. Yeah. And just finally yeah. being willing to go, you know what? Maybe it's just better if I just admit that the bucket's got holes in it. And maybe I just let Jesus come in and just begin to actually heal this situation and plug these holes up with his word and his presence and his spirit. Maybe I'll just be better for it in the end. But a lot of times we're just avoiding that process. Yeah. It's been a painful process for sure. me. It's been an embarrassing process at times. It's been There have been seasons where I've had to deal with intense shame mm. and have to wrestle through that. But God's met me in every single one of those seasons. Like it's not just the one time at 19 years old. Oh gosh, I wish. Wait, you mean like <laughs> you following mean it's not Christ? a one and done? <laughs> it's, but you're right. I mean, it's that daily like decision to stop long enough to take some inventory of your story and of your life and 
I constantly come back to like David's prayer of like, search me and know yes. me. Like in other words, like David already knew that God knew everything, but he was saying like, I'm here and willing yep. to like sit in this, yes. this feeling of being exposed long enough for you to change me from the inside out. And I love that. I, I'm going to be asking that for the rest of my life. I feel like that's a daily it is. prayer. You know, one of the things I'll write down my prayers a lot of times just because I'm like a, a dog with <laughs> ADD, you know, it's just like <laughs> squirrel. And, and so, but I do um like the ACTS acronym is like, um, oh yeah, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. Oh, I love that. And like, what I love about that is you start off just by focusing on adoration on, yeah. on the, qualities of God, the characteristics of God. You're focusing on who he is. And then confession comes after that. Yep. And and you're in for a shock, right? Yep. Because you're you're now you're gonna turn inward and go, okay, Lord, yes. search me and know me. Search me and know me. Right. And then Thanksgiving, Lord, thank you for loving me anyways. Oh, yes. Right. And then supplication. The very last thing right. is what what do I need? <laughs> yes. Right. Instead of and we tend to do that, it the opposite. Yeah, we usually okay. come with a list of what we need and then thank uh -huh. you, Lord. I'll see you later. If yep. you can work on that while I work That'd on my life. Mm -hmm. Here's what I want to know. What would you tell your 20 year old self who wanted mm. to come to Nashville, get a record deal, wanted to go to Belmont, which is the college of the stars. And totally. <laughs> um, you wanted a record deal and yeah. a record deal didn't happen overnight. And no. you wound up, you know, kind of going into a, a different path. Even. Oh You're yeah. I mean, twice, twice I went down that road yeah. thinking I was going to like pursue it and it was going to happen. And both times God shut it down. So what would you tell your younger self yeah. In the searching of that, in the waiting, and why am I not getting my yeah. now knowing what you, <laughs> knowing know, what now, you know now, <laughs> knowing how Peace Be Still wound up like going on the radio and impacting so Which many people crazy. during That's a time so where people are feeling anything but peace. Yeah. I mean, that just really was like it was just a message being spoken over troubled souls. And it was really powerful. What would you tell your younger self? I would tell my younger self two things. I would say following Jesus instead of following your dreams, will end up leading to every dream that you hold coming true. Come on. But if you do it the opposite way, it's going to lead you down a path of a lot of heartache and a lot of destruction. And then there were seasons where that was really hard, where I think I probably was following the dream more than I was following Jesus. And God would constantly auto-correct that. And I had to respond to that, right? Like Jesus would be very clear. I just said it twice. That's not where I'm leading you. If you want to go down that path, you can, but it's not, you're not going to end up where you think you're going to end up. Follow me. And I would tell her it's going to pay off in the end, but I'd also say, make sure you know who gives you your validation and your worth as quickly as you can, hmm. because it will also save you a lot of heartache over the years. I was so mm, that's good. misled so often in just wanting, I said it earlier, I dealt with insecurity. I dealt with feelings of unworthiness. Mm -hmm. And I think when you couple that with very external gifting, it's very easy that that becomes the one thing that's making you feel good about yourself. Oh, for sure. And it's giving you validity. And if you're struggling with that, it can just suddenly become just a monster within your own self and in your own soul. I wish that I would have had the wisdom at 19 to go, let's wrestle this down now. 
let's not wait till we're 33. Sure, sure. Right? Well, <laughs> but it's all been good. Because yeah. I, I can't, at the same time, you're like, man, I wish I could tell her all that stuff. But my 40-year-old self also goes, because I didn't know those things, I got to learn them. Yeah. And now at 40, I get to talk about those things with authority. That's right. And I get to actually scream from the mountaintop, Jesus is better than you think he is, and he is worth giving your whole life to. No matter how many lows you experience, how many highs you experience, it's a beautiful journey. Just don't get off the journey. Don't get off the road. I love that encouragement, and I love the the message of grace that is woven through everything that you just said. It's about grace for ourselves to yeah. go like, hey, I can't go back. I you can't. know, I mean, I'm willing to bet. Everybody in this room, which is you and me, and everybody <laughs> listening to this podcast, which is my mom and my dad, but and and my and and your daughters kids. for sure. But everybody listening to this podcast is going to have you know kicking themselves moments, yeah, or days or hours or weeks where we're just in. That is a an exercise in futility. That is a, a yes. worthless process to does not to get beat you yourself up. <laughs> I always have this image of like two fighters in a ring. Mm -hmm. And uh, I felt like the Lord gave me this image one time about how I've lived so much of my life where the two fighters are in a ring and the referee has them touch gloves and says, you know, are you ready to rumble? <laughs> and then the microphone goes up have a good fight. They ring the bell. And then the one fighter just starts unloading on himself. Mm. I mean, just hitting himself, <gasps> haymaker after haymaker. And the other fighter doesn't even know what to do. What to do. He just kind of like goes yeah. back to his corner because this one fighter is just like, mm. he's gotten it backwards. <laughs> he's he's scoring on his own goal. He's, he's knocking himself out. And I felt like as dumb as that image is, it's that's so that's how I've lived my life too many times. Same. And so I love the grace in that. And then seeing... It's easier to have grace on yourself, too, when you see how the Lord is using what you've learned along the way and how you're able to teach and share and speak with authority yeah. like you've just, and sing with authority, too. I'm, I'm so grateful that God took me on a journey that I didn't get to do any of this when I thought I should have gotten to do it. Because I know my 20-year-old self. I know my 30-year-old self. I even know my 33 and 34-year-old self. Right. And I was still on the very long road of God rewiring my identity and rewiring my value and my significance and just making sure over and over and over and over that it was in Him. Because in any other season, I would have made this about me. That's good, yeah. I would have. I would have been like, I need you to like me. I need you to like my songs. I need you to think that I did a good job. And instead, I'm in a place now that I'm going, I'm grateful, thank you. But at the end of the day, I want you to walk away from me or my music going, I just sense Jesus. I actually want to know Jesus more. I want to fall in love with Jesus yeah. more. And that's all I care about now. And isn't that what the goal is? The goal is that our lives would make him seen, not us. Mm -hmm. And some of us get that really early on in our lives. And some of us need a 20-year journey. Oh, <laughs> I'm like such an Old Testament kid. Like, just stick me with the Joshua's. And the, wander in the wilderness. I'm going to wander this wilderness for a hey, long time. Both. But guys, when I come out, <laughs> I'm going to tell you about I'm Jesus. I'm going to have some living water yeah. to offer you. Yeah, and so yeah. I'm grateful, even if it just lasts a minute. I'm going to make sure that minute was Jesus, 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 Jesus. Come on. That is powerful. I knew there was a reason, like when I knew you were coming over and we were going to write a song today, 
I was reading a little bit about your story and I just had a feeling like this would make a great podcast episode. And that's exactly what this was. It's just such a great conversation with you. And uh, I could I'm, talk to you all day. I love uh, your album. Thank Tell you. everybody about your latest album. I know. Yes, we were really unique. Anything, we called it Peace Be Still. That makes total sense. <laughs> I but, didn't I didn't want to call it But Peace I do want to encourage the listeners to go. Too many times people settle for the one song mm. that they've fallen in love with on the radio and don't ever think, wait, does she oh, do have, they have more? more? Yeah. Is your new single called Promise Keeper? It is. Which is another beautiful song. Thank you. But the record from top to bottom does exactly what you just said you hope to do, which is just to have it be all about now you're Jesus, me cry again. Jesus, Jesus. <laughs> and uh, I'm so glad that our paths have me crossed. Too. And Thank I'm you. super excited about your Christian crime podcast that I mean, um, is in development. I think that might be. It's, we've been working on it for a while now. Yeah. Like all of like five minutes. I think it's going to be great. It's going to be a hit. Hope. Um, <laughs> Thank you for joining me today Thank you and for sharing a me. bit of your story and and for sharing so authentically. Ever since I started singing the song Truth Be Told, I've been on my own personal journey mm-hmm. of like, okay, how do I live the message of that song? And one of the things that helps me strive to be a more authentic version of myself is when I come in contact with that. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I've come in contact with that in talking to you and Aww, getting to see you. what it looks like to walk that out. And well, you made it easy. Well, you you showed our <laughs> listeners what that looks like as well to say, hey, this is me. This is the journey I've walked. And There's so much I know power that, in yeah, honesty. There's absolutely. so much power in being able to just be really truthful about your journey, you know, because I think we're all, we're all in those journeys. We all have those places in us that we're like, man, I wish this was better. I wish this was stronger. I wish I'd done it different. Yeah. But when you get to say, but Jesus has made up for every deficiency in me in ways that I just don't deserve and didn't expect. Yeah. That's an exciting thing to be able to share. And nobody else can get the credit. And nobody. And, so, that, and that's the plan. That's the plan. <laughs> Hope Darst. Uh, everybody, Hope Darst has come to the Story House and Yay! made it a happier place today. Thank you for Thank being you. part of this podcast. And let's go write a song. Okay, let's do it. Let's do it. I'm ready. Hope Darst, everybody. <laughs> Now it's time for Songs from the Story House. Today's song from the Story House, in honor of the first name of today's guest, Hope, is the song Hope Returns. Let's take a listen. So this is how it feels when standing strong Turns into barely even holding on The plans you had are shattered on the floor And your fear tells your faith There's no use in praying those prayers anymore When your world is crashing When your knees hit the ground When your heart is asking What do I do now? Just when you think it can't get worse Hold on, that's when hope returns Like a new sun breaking Through the darkest night Saying it'll be alright. I know you're tired. I know it 
I wrote this song for my last album, Brand New. We just celebrated the one-year birthday of that album. And, you know, it's crazy when I listen to this song and every time I sing it, I can't help but smile because when I wrote the song, I wasn't personally going through a seemingly hopeless situation. It's as if God was preparing me. It's as if he was winking, saying, I'm going to give you this song and you're not going to yet understand the true significance of it, but something's coming and you're going to need an anchor for your soul. You're going to need a reminder that even when it looks like all hope is gone, hope returns. I want you to take a listen to this second verse, and my favorite line in the song comes at the end of the second verse. It reminds us who our God is and what he's capable of doing. Take a listen. I know it's hard to see the other side. You know, when I think about it, as followers of Christ, our whole faith is really built on the promise of hope returning. Throughout scripture, we can point to one example after another of hope returning to what looked like a hopeless situation. I just got done reading this morning about the Israelites. They were standing in front of the sea, being chased down by Pharaoh's army. Hope returned and split the sea in two, and they walked across on dry ground. Hope returned to Daniel in a lion's den. Hope returned to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in a fiery furnace. Hope returned to Peter even after he denied knowing Christ, and Christ still invited him to breakfast. Hope even returned to the thief on a cross when a savior told him he would be in paradise. This song is for the person who's in the middle of their impossible situation, where there seems to be no positive outcome in sight. This is before the understanding of, oh, God works all things for the good. It's when you can't see the all things for the good part. You know, I think Christian music at its best can be just as real with the pain we face as it is with the hope. And I hope this song captures that feeling. That's always been my goal. Don't gloss over the reality of the situation, but also don't get so focused on the reality of the situation that you lose sight on the real hope that a real God offers in the middle of our real struggles. Now, through this podcast, through our weekly online devotions, quarantine quiet times, and our ministry pop, we even our virtual concerts, I feel like we've been able to sort of walk through this difficult season in our world together. And in that, I've read your prayer requests. I've seen your needs, and I've seen enough to know that every single one of us is fighting a different kind of battle. And there's going to be moments where we feel like there is no hope in sight. And I want to speak directly to that before you listen to the final portion of this song. This is my prayer for you, that you will look up and that you will be reminded that no matter how real your struggle is, no matter how real and painful your battle is right now, you serve a real God who offers you real hope in the middle of your real struggle. Don't forget that your God is in the business of making impossible things possible. He has not let you go. He will not let you stumble. He's holding on to you. So hold on because hope returns. is crashing when your knees hit the ground when your heart is asking what do i do now just when you think it can't get worse hold on that's when hope returns like a new sun breaking through the darkest night like a whisper singing it's gonna be all right i know you're tired i know 
He's my dad, and he gives good advice, and that's why this last segment of every episode is called Dad Vice. He is my dad, and he gives good advice, and that's why this segment is called Dad Vice. Dad, thanks for joining me. We've been doing a series with our nonprofit ministry, Pop We, and we've kind of carried it into every podcast episode with these Dad Vice segments. And the series is called Brand New. We're taking a brand new look at really every aspect of our lives and most importantly, our relationship with the Lord and asking Him to give us a brand new perspective. And in doing so, it's reminding us that He's a God who promises to make all things new. So send us out with some brand new encouragement today. Oh, I, I've got some good encouragement today, Matthew. We're going to look at Isaiah forty-three nineteen. And Isaiah said, I am about to do a new thing. See, I have already begun. Don't you see it? I will make a pathway in the wilderness. I will create rivers in the desert. I think we've all had seasons when we just feel lost. And during this pandemic season, boy, it, it just seems like we've lost our way. It's harder to, to believe that you'll find your way home. I liked what Isaiah said. Uh, I'm about to do a new thing. And really, that was the promise to the children of Israel. And I think all of us are aware of the Old Testament and the children of Israel, God's chosen people. They were always rebelling, and they always found themselves in trouble. They ended up in the wilderness, and God speaks through Isaiah and says, I'm going to do a new thing. I've got something new for you. So let's look at two things. The first thing, he will make a pathway in the wilderness. That was the promise to the children of Israel, and that's the promise to all of us who might feel lost or feel just confused and don't know what's happening, and you need something new in your life. Yosemite National Forest, we visited there as when you were a, a little kid. I think a deer attacked you, if I remember right. <laughs> that's a, you, that's a story that? for another time. Yes. <laughs> okay. I got kicked by a deer. I'm the only person who, instead of the deer running from me, it ran to me. But uh, we'll tell that story another time. Okay. But they reported that 4,661 people per year get lost in the woods in just one year. Now, some of the reasons for people getting lost in the wilderness are leaving or losing the trail, darkness, fatigue, and failure to communicate or follow the plan. These sound like the same reasons we find ourselves spiritually lost. Melissa wrote into us, and here's what she wrote. I'm trying to find my faith again. I've fallen so far, I'm so lost. God's promise is for anyone who lost the trail and in desperate need for search and rescue. That's his promise. And he's going to give us a new thing. And he's going to take us out of that wilderness into something brand new. And then the second promise in this verse, I will create rivers in the desert. Last year, over 800 people died from trying to cross deserts. Spiritually speaking, self-sufficiency has led many a fool to believe they could make it through the desert life without God. But if you find yourself in the desert or in the wilderness, fear not. God will flood even the desert with fresh water. He can heal you despite the diagnosis, bring your prodigal home, save your husband, lift your depression, provide money for groceries, break the addiction. He can make rivers in the desert. In other words, his word is declaring to us today that no matter what we are facing, he's going to do a brand new thing. And, and, and I think that's such good news. And 
can ask yourself today, what are the impossible things you are facing? What wilderness have you been wandering through? Have you been in a desert place, a dry and thirsty land? Trust God today. Get ready for a brand new thing in your life. Man, that is awesome. Pathways in the wilderness, rivers in the wasteland. Thank you, Jesus, for that promise. Thank you, Dad, for that reminder. Hey, that's our show for today, my friends. I want to thank Hope Darst for being my guest today and for becoming a new friend. I can't wait for you to hear the song that we wrote together in the Story House right after that conversation, but all in good time. In the meantime, go and wear out her latest record, especially the song Peace Be Still. I'll post a link at matthewwest.com slash podcast. So thank you, Hope Darst. Also, as always, I want to thank my dad for always bringing a great message of encouragement. I've loved this series we're on, brand new. We're taking a brand new look at all different aspects of our life and especially our relationship with Christ. 2020 felt old in a hurry, so 2021 we're focusing on how God is doing a new thing. So thank you so much, Dad. If you want to hear more about our ministry that my dad and I have together, it's called Pop Wee. You can sign up to receive a free weekly email devotional called Day One Devos. It's our gift to you. You can also submit a prayer request, and we have a worldwide prayer network lifting you up and sharing your prayer request with you. Those are just a couple of the things that our ministry is doing every single day to help you learn how to craft, share, and live a more meaningful and fulfilling story with your life. I can't encourage you enough to go to popwe.org, P-O-P-W-E.org to find out more about how you can get plugged in with our ministry, Popwe. All right, now go make the most of the one story that you get to tell. And remember who the author of your story is. He's going to use you to do great things in the this world. It's your story for his glory. I'll see you next week. I really hope you like it. <laughs> but seriously, I, I, I do. <laughs>